Hello friends, I'm Doug Terrell, and this is History and Comments for Thursday, the 26th day of August. While the English and French were exploring North America, the southern continent was the domain of the Spanish and the Portuguese. Francisco de Orlana reaches the Atlantic Ocean after a seven-month expedition from the headwaters of the Amazon River. The party had an ocean port in Guayaquil, Ecuador, on the Pacific coast, trekked up the Andes to Quito, which happens to set 9,300 feet above sea level. Talk about steep slopes. Quito is only about 60 miles from the Pacific coast, the way the crow flies. But the Continental Divide and the headwaters of the easterly flowing Amazon lie just a few more miles to the east. In 1748, the first Lutheran denomination in North America is established in Philadelphia. Swedish settlers have been in the area since the early 17th century, and they happen to be Lutherans. German Lutherans began settling in the area by the mid-1600s, mostly attracted to the Quakers' promise of religious freedom. While we often lampoon the Quakers as being almost as rigid as the Puritans, they are at the core of a lot of American values. They were also one of the early abolition groups. The idea of church and state has been debated since there was a church and state, the ancient Jews may have had the easiest workaround as they were a theocracy where the priests were the government, at least until the time of the kings. In 1767, the Spanish Empire, while leaning Catholic, began suppressing the Society of Jesus by arresting members of the order. Other Western European countries did the same thing. The Jesuits were considered the special ops unit for the Catholic Church. British explorer and ship's captain James Cook set sail in 1767 to explore the regions of the South Pacific, Indian Ocean, and claim territories for Britain. They sailed west and south from England, rounded the southern tip of South America, and off to worlds unknown. They landed in New Zealand, but the British had been there over a century earlier, and they were the first British ship to reach Australia, landing at present-day Botany Bay. Finding little commercial value, the continent will become a penal colony with shiploads of prisoners hauled from ports in the British Isles bound for Botany Bay. It is a key, common theme in the traditional music of the British Isles, especially Scotland and Ireland. John Finch was an American engineer and inventor. After getting settled in southeastern Pennsylvania, he became intrigued with the idea of a steam-powered boat about 1785. Long-distance travel and haulage is along rivers and man-made canals that were pulled by animal power. Water provided an easy road that was less prone to weather problems. While canals would freeze in winter, they were not plagued by mud. Concrete for hard overland roads was not economical. One of the issues that hindered Finch was there was not usable steam engines available. There were some early designs in Europe, but often they were prohibited from export for much the same reasons we limit high-tech equipment today. It might be used against us either militarily or economically. It will be almost 20 years before a usable steam engine will be available in the Americas. Finch will conduct trials in 1787 and will receive a patent on this day in 1791. His design was archaic and featured mechanical oars that mimicked hand use, where later more successful designs would utilize a paddle wheel, a much simpler design. 
Lee DeForest was the son of a congregational minister who hoped his son would follow in his steps. That did not happen. DeForest was born in 1873. While the name is hardly a household word, he held over 300 patents and claimed to have made and lost four fortunes, partly due to several extended patent battles. His most enduring invention might be the three-element vacuum tube that allowed a small electrical signal to be amplified to a more powerful one. This single development opened the door to radio, radar, and basically the entire electronics industry as we know it today. The vacuum tube was a classic new understanding of basic physics and how to harness it. All groundbreaking inventions are in that single realm. Ed Sparky Adams is born in 1894. Adams will play professional baseball for 12 seasons and four different teams. At five foot four and a half, Adams was one of the shortest players to have ever had a career that lasted more than a few games. Actor Jim Davis is born in Missouri in 1909. Davis had a degree in political science, but was never in public service. By the age of 40, he's off to the movies, but he will have a 30-year run of small parts. At the age of 69, he lands his career role as Jock Ewing, the patriarch of the Ewing family on the primetime drama Dallas. He will hold that role until his death in 1981. Catholic nun Mother Teresa is born in 1910 in Albania. She will spend most of her life ministering to the poor in India. 1920, the 19th Amendment is certified giving women the right to vote. We could note that the, several of the later amendments were specifically expanding on the original document. There was no text in the Constitution that said women could not vote. That had just been assumed by various laws. On the 50th anniversary in 1970, there's a women's strike for equality. 1920 is the birthday of cartoonist Brant Parker. Parker, along with Johnny Hart, created the cartoon The Wizard of It. After Brant's retirement, his son took over the duties until Johnny Hart's grandson took over drawing the strip in 2015. Hart was the original writer of the strip, while Parker was the illustrator. Voiceover artist Don LaFontaine is born in 1940. In the announcer trade, a deep baritone to resonant bass voice is prized. LaFontaine had one of the best and plied his trade doing movie trailers, voicing over 5,000. His trademark line began, in a world where, normally behind the scenes talent, where he is heard but never seen, he made a rare personal appearance in a Geico commercial where customer stories were retold in dramatic movie trailer style. Home Alone artist Macaulay Culkin is 41. Culkin has not had a breakthrough role as an adult, which is not uncommon for child stars. Ron Howard might be one of the very few. And that's History and Comments. For August the 26th, I'm Doug Terrell. Now go and do something worth remembering.